Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football Transfer Spy Podcast. That's it, the transfer window is shut, deadline day is done and it was uh, quite an eventful deadline day in the end. Uh, I'm Alan Flanagan to be talking back over all the deals and everything that's gone on in deadline day and joining me to review everything uh, first of all is Matty Lawless. Matty, how are you doing? Good to be here. Good stuff. Uh, Alex Richards is here as well. Alex, how are you doing? Not too bad, Aaron. And uh, Darren Lewis is in with us. Uh, Darren, how are you doing? Good. Good stuff. Um, let's start first of all on um, Manchester United, who actually didn't do any business. And the reason I want to start on them is because they were very much expected to do business. They were meant to bring in a centre half, Jose Mourinho, desperate for centre half, and uh, uh, he couldn't get anything over the line. Um, uh, what's gone wrong for, for Manchester United? Well, you have to wonder whether players want to play for them because there was a time when if Manchester United came knocking for a player they'd crawl over broken gloves to go there but Jerome Boateng he chose to go to PSG instead Mateo Kovacic didn't want to go he wanted to go to Chelsea instead and now we've got today uh, Diego Godin uh, suddenly turning up the chance to go to one of the biggest clubs in the world listen he's a wonderful football club as it is but Manchester United Jose Mourinho one of the world's best managers and why would you not want to go and work for him fascinating situation when you couple it with the fact that Anthony Martial is not happy at at Manchester United Paul Pogba clearly unhappy at Manchester United there are problems there Uh, not uh, when you guys when you look at the difference between Mourinho talking today about how unhappy he is and has been all through the summer, and then you see the demeanour of Pochettino. No signings, the natives are restless, but he's positive, talks up his players, talks about how they can compete and they can still do well this season. Although the situation isn't ideal, there is optimism about the squad that he's got, and they've got an inferior squad to Manchester United. So there is trouble ahead, in my opinion, at Old Trafford. Yeah, do you reckon uh, some of these signings, or these these players who they wanted, the likes of, obviously, um, Toby Alderweireld, Harry Maguire, Jerome Boateng, do you reckon they're looking at Jose Mourinho and his demeanour and the way he's looking at players, the way players are maybe uh, kind of ended up unhappy, like obviously Darren mentions Anthony Martial, do you reckon they're, they're looking at the, the way Mourinho's gone this summer and gone, actually, I don't particularly want to, want to sign for them? Well, it's either that or it's Manchester United and you wouldn't think it's the club because the club are obviously you know the self-proclaimed biggest club in the world they pay the wages they bend over backwards to bring in these big players so it's not the club itself so it has to be to do with the manager I mean it's interesting what Darren says about his demeanour all during pre-season Pep Guardiola Jurgen Klopp they've had to use the kids they've had players at the World Cup exactly the same situation they've talked up how great an experience it's been how, how wonderful it's been to see these young players given a chance and take a chance Mourinho hasn't done that at all so players see this players look at it they'll know what's being said you know I've seen Lee Grant give an interview saying oh we don't see any of that behind closed doors Mourinho's only ever positive with us yeah but you're, Lee Grant's a young player who who is going to say that yeah. you know it's the big players the ones with the personality the ones with the status the ones who can make decisions about their own destiny they are the ones who are yeah. saying I'm not. I'd rather not. And you know, I don't even know if it's personal. I think, for example, in the case of Kovacic, what he seemed to be suggesting was that he just didn't want to play in the tactical system that they use at mm. Old Trafford. Uh, if you look at Boateng, Boateng apparently has said that he wants to go to PSG because they've got a greater chance of winning the Champions League. So I'm not necessarily sure it's personal, but I do think that that big players 
and Man United deal in big players. They are looking at the club and they are saying, at the moment, they don't look like a happy ship. No, and I think it stems from the top, doesn't it? At any level, any business, the mood comes from the manager. The manager's happy, the workers will go with him. And, you know, there's always tough times in any business, but you've got to embrace those difficulties. And Manchester United head into the first game of the season against Leicester on Friday night. And the mood at Old Trafford will certainly be an interesting one because it should be a mood of optimism. You start the new season, you finish second for the first time in, let me get this right, two or three years now. Behind Manchester City, okay, City, it was a cakewalk Mm. for them in the end. But there was certainly a lot of positives to take from last season and there's things that could be worked on Sanchez has been a real plus point during pre-season Jose Mourinho should be singing from the rooftop saying what a success he's been and giving him every confidence to go into the season leading the line let's not forget that Lukaku's still not ready just yet he might figure on Friday night but there are positives at Manchester United if you just said to a Manchester United fan back in January okay you're going to sign Alexis Sanchez you're going to sign Fred and you're going to sign a highly rated fullback in Diego um, Dalots. I think a large majority will be pretty satisfied with that. Okay, they haven't quite got a defender there, but it's not like they're short of defenders. They've got defenders within that squad who've played at the highest level. They've played at Champions League. They, those players need a confidence boost and they need it from their manager. They need the manager to be saying the right things. For me, Mourinho's been too miserable for too long now and he's got to have a look at himself. I, I miss the, the Mourinho of old. He had that kind of sparkle, that magic about him, a bit like a cluffy figure, you know, and somewhere, somewhere, it, it has gone completely and you can't just keep saying, oh, I need to buy players, I need to buy players. Look, I'd love to have, you know, triple the amount of you guys in here but it's not going to happen is it you've got to work with what you've got and Jose Mourinho needs to accept that he's at one of the biggest clubs in the world and Manchester United should be going into this season saying we can beat Manchester City for the title right now he's conceded it and we haven't even kicked off and that's a big thing with him as well it's like he's operating a siege mentality and trying to proclaim that Man United are this great underdog they're not they're just not so it doesn't work. And as Darren says about players not wanting to go and play because of the style, Kovacic in particular, United have to play with a swagger. They have to play that way because that's how big teams play and that's how big players want to play. You go to United, you're kind of inhibited nowadays. Yeah, I think Leicester will go there and they won't be fearing United no at all. Chance. No they chance. will not be. And, and, and another point to this as well, Liverpool, Liverpool fans... You know they'll be thinking United are a bit of a laughing stock because Jose's trying to use Klopp to say, well, look how much money he's spending. Why are you not putting pressure on him? Because Klopp just takes everything in his stride. He knows Jurgen Klopp knows that Liverpool have to compete for the title this season. He's not he's not a mug. He knows that, but he doesn't need to say it. He doesn't need to tell everybody. But he just that, needs to go and do it. I think Matty also, if you look at Liverpool. He's improved players at that club. You look at Andy Robertson, people doubted him when he came to the club, Indeed. said he was too low calibre to play for a club the size of Liverpool. Couldn't cope with the pressure, couldn't cope with the step up in class. He's done exactly that. You look at the way that they've survived the loss of Coutinho, the way that they've actually gone on to another level had yeah. for doing that. They've addressed the defensive problems that they had during the first half of last season. Klopp and the goalkeeper. 
Absolutely, and they've gone out and bought a goalkeeper. But the point I was about to make was Klopp has coached this team to improve. Klopp has coached this team to play in exactly this kind of attacking style that is befitting of a big club. And when you look at Manchester United, you look at the size of the club and the calibre of the players that they've got at the club as well. They are not playing in a matter befitting of a big club, but befitting of the club the size of Manchester United. None of this is personal towards Jose Mourinho. His way is let's just focus on the points. You know, you don't get extra points for artistic impression. But City and United are showing that you can win with style. You can win with flair. You can entertain the public. And this is an entertainment industry. I don't care what anybody says. Mm. Yes, winning is important. But for clubs like United, for City, for Liverpool, it is about winning with flair as well. Yeah. And on the subject of, their def- them, of winning, it's not their defence that's held them back. So I, I don't no. buy that he's needed to buy a centre-half all yeah. summer. <laughs> he's got a decent quartet there. I mean, they only conceded one goal less, one goal more than City last season, I should say. And they've still got David De Gea in goal. They're not exactly going to leak goals left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. It's the attack that he needed to strengthen and to build on. Yeah. It's a strange one for him to get so uptight and agitated about it. Yeah. We'll see how it works out for him. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to watch uh, Manchester United's first game of the season against Leicester. You'll be able to follow that game on Mirror Football and all the fallout from that game uh, now moving on to uh, teams who actually did business on deadline day I'm going to start with Everton because I think for me these have been the pick of the deadline day teams uh, they brought in Bernard from Shakhtar Donetsk Yeri Mina from Barcelona Andre Gomez also from Barcelona and uh, they're trying to get Kurt Zuma over the line at the point of where we're speaking now um, another one Manchester United missed out on yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um, sorry I just brought that one in there um but yeah, no, Everton, I mean, what, what what incredible business. I mean, obviously, they're really slow getting going. You're looking at Richarlison, who they bought for like yeah. 50 million. I was thinking, oh, they're overspending. Everton are just kind of going to do what they did next year. Uh, sorry, last year. Um, and then they've just come out all guns blazing on, on deadline day. I mean, what, what a great summer. Well, it appears to be. And I think there will be a degree of some caution amongst Everton fans. that They'll be very happy, of course. But let's not forget that last season, they threw the kitchen sink at the transfer window, didn't they? And, and by November, they were having big Sam in charge so look Everton have done very well very well indeed but they still need to make sure that those players gel quickly together and let's see how they settle in the Premier League but I would say on the face of it on paper they should be very very pleased I think Barcelona have seen them coming in a certain respect (laughs) they've got 22 million for a backup fullback They've got thirty million for a centre half that yeah. they didn't rate, and they've already signed his replacement. They've got rid of Andre Gomez after two years, where he's been horrible. There, great business for Barcelona, thanks to Everton. Um, Richarlison, fifty million. Yerry Mina, thirty million. Okay, so why have you signed Bernard to play in the same position as Richarlison when they both prefer playing from the left? And why are you signing another right-sided centre half in Kurt Zuma when you've got Yerry Mina? Unless you're going to play a back three. Um, it's, it can go either way with Everton for me this season. They could they could be very decent under Marco Silva, or they could really struggle. And we're all wondering where all the money's going to go. Are you? I, I actually I actually see see the the logic in that. I mean, on the one hand, you can congratulate Everton for going out doing some business, you know, spending money, showing the club that they are willing to be ambitious. On the other hand when you look at it, they seem to be in exactly the same position they were in 12 months ago, where they bought a collection of players, but nobody had a clue whether or not they would gel at all. All they had succeeded in doing then, as now, is showing the world, we've got money and we're prepared to spend it. 
Have the clubs seen them coming? I don't care what anybody says. Richarlison's not a fifty million pound player now. He might well be on the basis of a season or two at Everton, but right now he's not a fifty million pound player. So there, straight away, they're coming from a difficult base now. Richarlison to even go anywhere near justifying that money has to score you 15 to 20 goals this season absolutely it's got to uh, otherwise suddenly it, it, every criticism that he has had since that deal was done would be justified mm-hmm. when you look at the other players in that team again they're a supporting cast they're not A-listers they're not even B-listers they're, they're, they are players that Barcelona wanted to get rid of clubs like West Ham looked at Andre Gomez yeah. other clubs no disrespect no no but you're right but, but, but you know, other clubs looked at West uh, at Andre Gomez I think he picked up an injury in pre-season as well if I'm not mistaken a hamstring injury so it might well be the case that he's not even yeah, available tour, yeah. That's right. uh, during the first couple of months of the season so there was a lot of pressure on Marco Silva to, to make this work congratulations to the club for buying the players but even diehard Everton fans will be thinking how is this going to work how are we going to line up what are we going to be seeing from our side this season and they have I think quite a tough start in Wolves a newly promoted side who another club on deadline they have proved to have done some really good sound business across the window anyway and uh, there's a man to my right who can tell you a bit more about that yeah, uh, so Wolves, <laughs> Wolves are one of the next teams are on my list. Uh, they got uh, Leander Dendonka over the line from Anderlecht. Uh, initial loan, but with an option to buy at the end of it. Um, I think it's, not, it's uh, obligation. They have to have to buy. Oh, him. oh they, have, they have to buy him. Yeah. Oh, right. So, so he, he is effectively a permanently uh, so it's uh, an, a. It's another player. thing to do with the budgets at Wolves that we'll, we'll sign him on loan now and we'll pay the money in the future. Yeah. Um, anyway, you, you're happy with the Dendonka as a, as a signer? I think you have to be. I think he's smart. They needed somebody who can play that right-sided centre-half position and who who is big and physical and can play in the centre of midfield. Because at the moment, they've got Ruben Neves and Jean Moutinho. Neither of them are the biggest. They're both technically excellent. Um, they've also got Roman Saiz, but they've been playing him at centre-half in pre-season. And even though he's left foot, he'd been trying him on the right and it hasn't worked. It's been pretty horrendous. Um, so Dendonk have been able to fill in the, both of those positions. Smart move from them. Um, elsewhere, the sale of Barry Douglas, so key last season, is a strange one still because they haven't really replaced him. They've signed Johnny Otto on loan from Atletico Madrid, but by all accounts, he's a more defensive type of wing-back um, they wanted Zinchenko from Man City but he didn't want to move and I think that's the difficult thing looking that's the one they've missed out on because they had that fee agreed for a, around a month and yet on deadline day they're still waiting for an answer um, so perhaps that's the only stick you can beat them with but other than that terrific business Rui Patricio in gold is one of the best keepers in Europe um, you've kept Neves you've added Adama Traore who on his day good luck stopping him Um if they can harness his gifts into something that gives you assists and goals consistently, then he's a hell of a player. I think we're in line for a good season. Sean Moutinho is a great signing for them as well. Five million pounds. He's on the, on the, the other side of 30, but I still think he adds experience. He adds quality. And not only that, he he's, could be the first of many classy players who decide that Wolves could be an option for them going forward if they were to have a good season. There's this Chenko situation does fascinate me I wonder if the player himself made a mistake because he wants to fight for his place in the City team 
I don't think he's getting in the City team. There is so much quality in that mm. team that he would have been better said mm. going out playing regular first team football, even on loan. Mm. And, you know, had he agreed a loan deal, gone there, ripped it up, maybe he might have had the chance to go back. But turning down that chance to sit on the bench at City, I think that's, that's not great judgment as far as uh, the player is concerned. I think Wolves will do well. I know that's... A, I don't just want to say it because everyone is saying and everyone is oh Wills are going to finish above Heverton and their Wills because they've signed all of these players I think they've got a clear idea of the way that they want to play uh, they've got inspirational players influential players Neves is an outstanding footballer and I think he'll gel well with one or two of the players that they've brought in Vendendonka's versatile he can play in defence and in midfield as well uh, they've got a good goalkeeper. I wonder about the goals. Bonatini and Yota was the were the two highest scorers, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Neither of them got got to twenty in the championship. Um, I know uh, that they have Raúl Jiménez. Yes, uh, but is he a twenty goal a season man? Not at the moment. So. I'm a little bit nervous about the goals. Maybe they will share them out and they'll be okay. But clubs that tend to do well in the Premier League have somebody who can score between 50 and 20 goals. And there isn't anyone in that side proven to be able to do that in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if Wolves do well, Alex, are you going to finish the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're currently questioning what they're going to do with the stadium and whether um, it's been floated the idea of potentially moving away but that will be very much a last resort so you'll have to wait and see hopefully they do though because yeah it 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 doesn't quite look right does it it still looks a little strange I think there's still some seats up there isn't there that you can't quite see the actual uh, you can't see the pitch from Alex I I, I said about Everton the collection of players are you are you wondering how you're going to line up, or do you think they'll line up as a, with a similar system to last season? I think they, I think they know exactly how they'll line up. Yeah. I, I think every player that they've signed has been bought with the specific purpose in mind. As you say, Dendonka can play both that midfield and that right-sided role in a back three, so he's been signed for that. Matinho has been signed to play alongside Neves because they can both move the ball well and they both protect the defence well, but they're also capable of hitting that longer ball mm. into into quick players. They've got. Um, they like playing the inside forwards for three up front so Jota has occasionally played as the main man through the middle but he likes to come from the left Cavalero likes to come from either flank Helder Costa Traore there's so much pace in that team that I think they know that they're going to be forced to defend at times 4-5-1 and that they're going to have to break quickly and so they've got players that can hit that ball pace to get onto that ball and I think that's a big reason why Traore has been signed because no player can run 80 yards through a team quite like he can and that's anywhere so they've signed players clearly with a plan in mind clearly with the philosophy of the manager in mind and that's where their strength is everything coming from the manager and everything being as one Moving on now uh, on to Fulham. Uh, Fulham have been, uh, what I, I say, just like Wolves, another newly promoted team who've done some quite impressive business uh, through the transfer window. On deadline day, uh, they've managed to land uh, Joe Bryan uh, from Bristol City, Sergio Rico uh, from Sevilla, and uh, I was going to say, it's a great name, Andre Frank Zambo Anguisa. It's a great name, isn't it? Uh, but about £30 million. I mean, what, what 
fantastic business for Fulham, I say. They kind of come out of nowhere. I don't think anyone, like I think people expected Wolves were going to come out and going to make a few signings. And Fulham have kind of come out of nowhere this window and, and made some, some really great when, signings. When you imagine, when you consider that their owner, Shahid Khan's worth £900 million and he's trying to buy Wembley, then it kind of <laughs> gets back into perspective. You realise where they are managing to get the money from. But they have done terrific business. That midfield's going to be terrific. They've already got Tom Kearney. Seri is a wonderful signing for a club like yeah. Fulham getting yeah. into the Premier League. Yeah. And some, of, some of the names he was linked with as well. Absolutely. Some very big clubs, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, all linked with Seri. So um, a bit of a coup for Manchester United, sorry, for Fulham to get him. I wonder if some of the bigger clubs are looking to see how he adapts to the Premier League and they might revisit it because he's young enough for them to do that. Um, but you've got Seri Anguissa as I said Tom Kearney as well you've got a great midfield straight away there Andre Schurler the experience that he has obviously he's been at Chelsea and he went to Germany but he's back in the Premier League now Um, it'll be fascinating with the arrival of Joe Bryant to to see where Sessegnon might play because their big success has been in keeping him at the club of course so and he's clearly not going to play as a left-sided attacker is he going to play centrally behind the striker is he maybe going to play in a in a, I don't know I really don't know um and it'd be interesting to see how they he does play we know he's going to play regular first team football and that's why because he's decided to stay there rather than leave um but I will be fascinated. They are another club that I'll be fascinated to see how they line up. Yeah, I think Sessegnon, you might see him kind of do the Gareth Bale thing and go over to the right and yeah. so he can cut in on his left foot. Because whenever I saw him last season, he doesn't actually want to go on the outside of his fullback that much. Yeah, he, wants yeah. to, he wants to drift into positions in and around the box. And he's so sharp to react to things, to spills off the goalkeeper. And he's got that ability, as we saw in the um, playoff final. He can pick a clever little pass when he needs to. So I think we might see him play from the right a little bit more and see Schurler maybe start from the left and go, go in that direction. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see what Fulham do. I'm also interested to see how uh, the manager, Jokanovic, how he adapts to the Premier League because uh, he's deserved his chance in the Premier League got, he's got for a, point a few to, years. He's got a point now. to prove, hasn't he, after the way he left Watford. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wonder when the game against uh, Watford will be because that'll be fascinating. He'll want to win that at all costs. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about Jokanovic is that Watford thought they could do better without him. They've been a bit of a hit-and-miss club since then. They've never really been great to watch. Um, they've survived in the Premier League, but that's pretty much all they've done since since they've managed to get back into the top division uh, I, I think Fulham have got the potential to excite us I think they got they, they look as though they're a side that is going to be built with a strong base and a platform to allow their attacking players to express themselves and I, I, I'd be disappointed if they were not to do that this yeah and I, and I really like Alfie Mawson I think he's a player who is you know he Unlucky at Swansea, really. He was one of their standout performers last season. But just listening to him speak, he's just such a sensible character, and he's he just sounds very, very assured of himself in terms of in the right way. And I think he's a great signing for them, and he'll prove to be a really good defender in in, in their defence. So yeah, I think I've seen uh, Mawson myself as a future England international anyway. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good. Uh, he's, to see. A, he's a real leader. Yeah, so good to see him back in the Premier League. Uh, Cardiff have been uh, busy on deadline day. A couple of midfielders in. Uh, they signed uh, Victor Camarasa from Real Betis on loan and Harry Arter from Bournemouth in there as well. So uh, nice to see uh, Bournemouth um, do 
a little bit, it's not Bournemouth, sorry, uh, Cardiff do uh, a, a little bit of business uh, in there because I, th- I think we were a little concerned. I think, Alex, I think you were on a podcast a while back where we were yeah. we were con- concerned. I think there's a, there's a reason they're odds on with bookmakers to be relegated. They, they look like the team that if anyone's cut adrift this season, it will be them. Um, I don't see the quality there for them to stay up. Really yeah. don't really think they're in for a season of struggle. Yeah. yeah, I think they're going to be a team that's going to try and stop teams rather than go and express themselves against teams in the Premier League this season. Um, Harry Art has basically needed game time because he's not been able to get into the Bournemouth team. Don't know too much about Camaras. I haven't seen too much of him, so it can't really pass a judgment yet in relation to the Premier League. But certainly, you look at uh, Cardiff, you think to yourself, can they score goals in the Premier League? first of all, and, 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 and do they have the defensive stability to be able to keep the clean sheets, which at least give you a chance in the Premier League? Uh, and I don't see either of those things at the moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, just quickly before we move on from deadline day, there is one more team which has got a couple of deals over the line today. Uh, Matty, West Ham, uh, Carlos Sanchez, deal done, uh, Lucas Perez, deal confirmed. We knew that one was going to happen anyway. Um, you happy with those two? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's 10 big signings for West Ham this summer they've broken the 100 million pound mark I believe I can't ever remember saying that before I'll repeat it but I've said it several times to the Mirror Football Podcast listeners but I believe we're talking about the uh, the next champions of England <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you're, 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 you're not getting carried away then not at all just no, I, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no Jess but um, look it's, it's, it's really encouraging transfer window for West Ham United they had to overhaul that squad they had to do well by Manuel Pellegrini and it's pointless bringing him in if you're not going to back him in the transfer market and give the owners a lot of credit there because they've seen the, the cracks and there were big cracks at that club I and mean, you've only got to go back to, to March this year when you know fans were protesting during the game you know pinching corner flags throwing coins and it's been a summer of optimism there's been some real smart business there uh, the one that some West Ham fans are slightly sort of dubious about it. it's Carlos Sanchez, 32 years old, Colombian international, sent off during the World Cup. <laughs> Not exactly a ringing endorsement, but he was a player. Who, yeah, he, he played at Aston Villa for a couple of years, um, but even then, he's he's not really renowned for being a terrific player. But what he'll bring is he'll bring a bit of experience to that team, which is important, and to an area where you know it, it, I don't think he's going to be the first name on a team sheet but he's a player who can break up play and it's an important role protecting that that back line so he's not a bad sign and Perez excites me I think he's a player who didn't really get an opportunity at Arsenal I I remember when he was first signed a couple of years ago under Arsene Wenger and he came he was very assured of himself by Christmas time he was very disappointed and outspoken saying you know he wanted to play and I don't mind that attitude in a player mm. and he's proven since he's gone to Spain he, last season statistically he was the second um, best creator of chances in La Liga behind Lionel Messi um, so that bodes well and if, if he can get an opportunity then I think we're looking at a, a sound bit of business at four million quid I think that is a uh uh, guilty and, and a lot of players and their representatives are guilty of this being pitching high, players higher than their level and, mm. and it may well be that 
coming to the Premier League, he, he should have come to a club like West Ham sure. beforehand. I mean, I know Everton tried really, really hard to sign him before he went to Arsenal, but obviously once Arsenal came in, that yeah. was the end of it. Um, but it was a bad move for him because he just didn't get a game and he stagnated. I think as far as West Ham overall are concerned, um, <clears throat> I think they've done terrific business and, and I'm very optimistic. I think that they've got a fair shout for believing they can be best of the rest. I know Everton and Leicester will probably feel similar. Wolves too uh, will be optimistic as well. But I, I just look at West Ham. They've got goals in them and Altovich has had a super preseason. Um, they've got craft and creativity. Wilshire, obviously. They've got graft in Mark Noble. I think selling Quiati was a mistake. I know West Ham will, fans will say... He dropped off a cliff the last year or so, whatever is, is formed that is not him, literally. Um, <laughs> but I, I think as far as he is concerned, I just wonder whether he could have improved for being surrounded by better players. Yeah, I agree with that. And and to sell him to a club like Crystal Palace, <sighs> who, you know, let's be honest, they are, they are a rival to West Ham, not from a geographical sense, but in terms of positioning in the league. That Palace had done some smart business this, this month and they've kept hold of their best player mm. Wilfred Zaha so to sell Kiate to them was perhaps a bit naive for me but and he's a player that dug West Ham out of a lot of trouble in certain games last season and he's a player that okay he might go missing sometimes and there's probably some analysis where you see him walking around and you know you think god what's he up to but on his day decent player but perhaps for him, perhaps it was the right time to go. Yeah, but Messi, he could play midfield, but he also, also he when could play defence. Exactly, when you played a three, he could play on that right side yeah. of, of, of your of your three man defence. So, uh, sorry, your three man back line. So, I think as far as he is concerned, he it was like having two players. When you got someone that versatile, you don't really let them go on a whim. And I just think, even if you do let them go, ten million pounds for Kiarty is a steal. Yeah, I, it is. I, I was I, amazed I just, by that. I, I think. Partly behind that, though, is, is that Zabaleta looks to me that he'll probably play more centrally this season if he does play, because Ryan Fredericks will start on the right. Has he got the legs uh, to do that? Well, we'll see. Uh, but he's still a good footballer. You say has he got the legs, but we're still not talking about a youngster there, Declan Rice. Rattling him, look. As, rattling uh, him. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's the wheels. Forma- are, what formation are they playing? The, the wheels are, God knows, we'll just play them all. Um, <laughs> and we'll get fans running on the pitch so they can score as well. But um, no, I think Declan Rice is a, is a big part of that as well. I think they see a big future for him, but perhaps in midfield. So, yeah, difficult one, but... I can see the logic but at the same time selling him to Palace for that price probably not the best part of the window for West Ham but on the whole I would rate their window I'd say a solid 8.5 out of 10 yeah no I'd say very very good what, 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 what are you smiling at? I'm not so taken with them at all. Listen, oh, do you, here we go. I, I'm just going to ask him. Do, do you want to work here? Because <laughs> <laughs> you just got to go along that they're going to win the league, all right? They've, they've spent a lot of money, and I like the big centre half here, so Diop. I think he did some good stuff in French football, but he's young, so he'll need time to adjust. Yeah. I'm not so taken with Felipe Anderson. I think two years ago he looked like he had the world at his feet. Since then, he's had a few injuries, lost a bit of form. Uh, he only started nine games for Lazio last year. He was stuck behind um, Spanish lad in midfield who used to play for Liverpool, and his name is now escaping Lucas me. No, oh, no, no, because he's, he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian. Uh, Luis Alberto. That's the one. <laughs> so he's playing behind him at Lazio last year, and he didn't pull up any trees. And then he's all of a sudden costing thirty-seven million. So I worry about him. Um, Yarmolenko 
really flopped at Dortmund, having again looked excellent while he was playing for Dinamo Kiev. So I worry about those two. And at the same time, Manuel Lanzini's out. And I think that's a big loss because I think he's an excellent player. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So there you go. So no, West Ham brought, brought back that. I'm now a Wolves fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I say, moving on from West Ham, uh, there is one more team I want to give a special mention to, and that is Tottenham Hotspur. I actually think it is some achievement. To, Record breakers. It, it, it oh, is yeah. some achievement to not buy anyone through a whole summer. I would say, you know, fair play. That's quite first, impressive. First time since 2003. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's madness. I mean, not that Spurs particularly needed to sign anyone because they, 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 were, they were great last year. But, yeah. um, I mean, come on, surely, surely, surely they, they want to sign someone, don't they? I just want to get a quick point in, but they're going into a new stadium. Surely they should have gone for a marquee signing. But, look, they're still, let's and not forget, Tottenham's still got a good, good squad, haven't and they? And there's a big markup on a lot of season ticket prices there. Mm. Some fans are paying 50% on top of their usual season ticket mm. price. Mm. We spoke about this this morning, didn't we, Darren? So, for to recap for well, listeners who didn't hear this morning, let, we should just really repeat what we said earlier because yeah. nothing's changed, is it? They haven't signed anyone. They haven't signed anyone. We thought they might, but it, it, it's it's really baffling because when you look at the team, well, look. First of all, you can understand on the one hand why they haven't. They wanted to get rid of Rose, they didn't. They wanted to get rid of Alderweireld, they didn't. They wanted to get rid of Dembele, they didn't. And they've been offering around uh, Fernando Llorente and they've had no takers uh, so far. And I think uh, certainly in England they may well do, obviously, to foreign clubs. But by then, you know, the, all that will do is weaken their squad. Um, I'm not so sure it's a... There is a big debate, but I, I'm not so sure it's a consolation to say they've got a good squad. Because if you want to keep your place in the top four... You have to improve on that squad. And I think if you look at City, if you look at Manchester United, for all the criticism United have had, at least they've bought Fred. Uh, for all the criticism City have had, uh, which is not much, they've brought Mahrez. And that's from a position of strength. You look at Liverpool, all the positions where they were weakest, they've strengthened. You look at Chelsea, they've gone out new keeper. They've got a new midfielder. Uh, I, I think I just look at Spurs. Their first 11, fantastic. They've got players like Son and Ali who can score goals into double figures, but they needed somebody fresher. They needed somebody who's going to make, for example, someone like Deli Ali think, I've got a really An injection of challenge, yeah. Absolutely. And there isn't that, that competition. You can't tell me the young players are going to provide that competition because they're just not going to shoehorn somebody of the calibre of Deli Ali from the first team. So... It's a problem, and I think a lot of Spurs fans are concerned about their prospects of getting keep staying in the top four. They will need to pull off a phenomenal season if they're going to do it this time around. Do you expect that now they've obviously failed to sign anybody in the summer that they'll come back again in January and perhaps make a few a few signings then? I think they'll try. I definitely think they'll try because I just I think the other sides will improve for the players that they've signed. Um, and, and not only that if you look at City it's not just the fact that they've signed Myers but they've got the hunger as well you look at that B team in the Community Shield they were red hot sure. and you've got somebody like Sergio Aguero in your B team you're not struggling really are you so I think as far as Spurs are concerned I think they'll need to sign somebody in January if they want to stay they probably, I'm not sure they'll be in the title race but certainly in contention for the top four Harry Kane fantastic Golden Boot winner consistency we know all about that we know about Son we know about Ali but Lorente has not shown himself to be consistent enough. He's had a good preseason, yes, and hopefully he can take that form into the season. But right now, if you have a Tottenham persuasion, you're worried, and with some justification. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Tottenham do. Uh, I, I, th- I think they need to keep the fans on board, personally. I think they're going into a new stadium, you see so many times teams go into new stadiums, obviously West Ham, Man City originally. It's a big change for the fans, so if things aren't going right on the pitch, you can obviously create a very toxic well, uh, absolutely. atmosphere. Well, you know that from your stadium. Well, well, you this know, is the, it, yeah. If you play well and you get good results, fantastic. But if you don't, you know what happened last season. Well, the city and the stadium becomes the issue. It becomes... That's part of the problem when yeah. it really shouldn't be. Yeah, and and in a sense, we actually spoke about this earlier, but I see some parallels between West Ham and Spurs. When when West Ham moved into the new stadium, that was the prime opportunity for them to go out and spend all this money. They should have spent $100 million two years ago. Yeah. You know, two years, probably, they've started again, really, but they had an opportunity when they had quality players like Payet. Yeah. You had Lanzini already there who looked magnificent. Obviously, he's injured now, but... That was the opportunity for West Ham. Likewise with Spurs, you know they've they've come off and they've been they've been close to winning the league on one occasion. Should have won the, the title when Leicester did it, but since then they haven't really been near any trophies, have they? I mean they got to a semi final the FA Cup, but they haven't won anything. And they needed to go out and make a big impression. Should have done their business early on, particularly when Pochettino said, "Now he's you know he said right I'm staying put." And you think, there you go, right, go and back him. And they haven't done. So be interesting to see whether they can um, whether they can sustain their sort of place, keep their place in the top four. But I suppose they do start at Wembley, so a little bit of familiarity uh, yeah. to start the, the season. Funny, the funny thing is that, you know, he was very optimistic in his pre-match press conference out of this weekend's games, saying, you know, I've got a wonderful squad and it's not all doom and gloom. But he is the man who said last season, I want to get the players in by July the 3rd. I want them to have a pre-season because when you get the players in early, you get a settled squad, you get players that you can work with and everyone's fit for the new campaign. Suddenly, it's the same old, same old. And I think uh, it, it will be key. The start will be key. If they get off to a good start, they can build a bit, bit of momentum, get fans on side. They start badly and they get maybe even hammered in a couple of games because obviously the top players are not quite there yet in terms of fitness. It could be a very, very tricky uh, season for Spurs. their transfer strategy, have they been too stubborn? Because again, Jack Grealish was... He was there on a plate, wasn't he, yeah, at the start of the window? I, I, I don't think Jack Grealish is a... De- Villa wanted plus £30 million for him. He is not a £30 million player. He's no, a no, good no. player, very good player. But we can't moan about the championship prices being inflated exactly. if we defend Aston Villa's right to demand £30 million plus for Jack Grealish. Am I lying? No, but at the same time, you, you can't be offering £3 million and Josh Onema. No, I And expect you to get him either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Tot- Tottenham, they have a first eleven. And then it gets considerably weaker after that. And I think they struggle to to go and find players that will want to buy into it. Because who wants to go and be Harry Kane's backup? If Tottenham are looking for a striker in, in the transfer window, well, you're going to be second choice to Harry Kane. So you're not going to get top end. That's why they're stuck with Llorente. Um, if you want another central midfielder who to be creative... Well, he's going to be Christian Eriksen's backup. Mm. I think they really struggle in that regards that they've got such a such a settled first eleven that do players want to go because you're probably not going to play. Yeah, yeah because someone even like Lucas Moore, he came in January and you think, oh, yeah. brilliant signing on the face of it, 
but hasn't really nailed he's, down he's, a first-team He's a player that spent three or four years on the bench at PSG. He's happy with that bit part role. What they need if they're going to be champions is top, top quality that you've got to pay for, and those players are knocking others out of the first team. Does Pochettino not want to do that? Yeah, but then I look at somebody like Zaha, for example. They could have bought Zaha, and Zaha would know that he faced a fight to get into that team. But I think Zaha would have wanted the challenge of trying to break into a team in the Champions League. And I think he would have been able, for example, Ericsson, who played so many games during the first half of last season, his, his, his dial was in the red zone because he mm. just knackered. You know, Zaha would have got his game time. I think a good striker would back himself to challenge Kane and he'd get game time too. I'm not, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Good players want to play. Absolutely. Um, but I think the quality is out there for Spurs to get. Um, and, and, and quality players want to join good teams with a chance of winning things as well. So I, I think Tottenham's big problem is they played it too cagey. They couldn't, and they set the by heart bar high for their players. They say they didn't uh, say Alderweireld was seventy-five million pounds, and uh, and Rose was this, and Dembele was that. We know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, and are you worry for them now if they don't challenge for silverware this season? You know, Real Madrid love Christian Eriksen. Yeah, you see that move coming in twelve months' time. You see, Deli Ali's got people looking at him. Harry Kane will always have interest. Jan Vertonghen, Davinson Sanchez. Yeah. Spurs players next summer if they haven't got silverware some of them will be a year older again mm. they have to start thinking to themselves maybe now I need to move to win something Yeah, uh, certainly an intriguing season ahead for Spurs uh, possibly make or break um, anyway but yeah uh, guys thank you very much that's uh, it for the deadline day but before we go uh, I do want to just do some quick fire questions uh, between you all uh, Matty I'll start with you uh, just one word answer or unless the team name's got two two, uh, two names in it should uh, I just say West Ham though yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which team which team in the Premier League has had the best transfer window West Ham <laughs> West Ham there we go <laughs> so predictable <laughs> uh, Alex Fulham Fulham Darren Liverpool Liverpool I'm, I'm with Darren I, I do believe it's Liverpool I'm with um, Darren as well I want to change my answer no I stick with Fulham yeah um, possibly you got to think about it a little more signing of the summer Wait. Yarmolenko probably come, no come back to me come back, <laughs> come back to you. Alex Naby Keita count yeah yeah I'll then, give you that then Naby Keita Naby Keita Darren Alisson not just because of the quality but because of the impact he's had on the fans and the message he sent to the rivals as well yeah uh, Matty have you just, you've decided now yes Riyad Mahrez Riyad Mahrez Mar- Real yeah oh, you, th- you think he'll he'll step up uh, I do and I think he'll he'll inspire he'll give that competition he's <laughs> going back to that Tottenham situation that's a, the type of player you want to bring in and City uh, just strengthened and God, they're going to be unstoppable, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, a big name or any signing that you know has come with a big billion who you think might flop? Yeah, so I know it's a tough. Hey, no, Alex know, is looking at me, one. and he, 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 he said he wants to get it off his chest. <laughs> uh, you've, already, you've already laid into a few West Ham players. I so haven't laid into them. I'm just questioning. You, you don't I'm, forget I'm September the first. You got to come to uh, London Stadium. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure about Felipe Anderson at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also Richarlison. Which else? Fair. Uh, Matty, anyone that you think is going to... I think it's such a mean question. Oh, it is. It yeah. is. I That's why I've done it. <laughs> also, Yerry Mina. <laughs> I was just about to say Yerry Mina. I, I'm glad you mentioned him because I, 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 I would have... But then come, come April, May, when he's got his uh, you know <laughs> football, football Writers Award uh, uh, Player of the Year, then I'll yeah, take yeah, it all back. Yeah. Yeah. Might, might have they won't remember that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening. Uh, uh, Darren, is there anyone you've got I, doubts I, I, about? Actually, I, I think I may stay with Yerubino as well. Big, big price tag, big pressure. Yeah, uh, he's got to to perform in a side that will, is nowhere near settled and may well take time. They bought these players in so late. They've not been able to get a preseason, get their the ideas from the manager under their belt. That's going to take time. And in the Premier League, you don't get time. You you shouldn't buy players on the back of a World Cup. Nah. And and Everton have done exactly that. There's no way that you're telling me that at the end of May, start of June, Everton are looking at Yerry Mina and thinking he could be worth thirty million. Yeah, yeah. So no, uh, I think it's almost unanimous on Yerry Mina. You You've not answered. Oh, so I was said Yerry Mina. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's pretty much unanimous on that. So uh, prove us right. Prove us wrong, Yerry. Uh, so it's been as a. And we'll forget all about this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Guys, thank you very much. Really appreciate you all uh, sitting around with us on on the podcast. Um, We'll be back uh, on the Mirror Football podcast for the start of the new season, reviewing the first weekend of the Premier League uh, next week. Uh, But if you don't subscribe to us already, you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Acast, you can get us on Spotify, uh, you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. yeah, until next week, uh, enjoy the first weekend of the Premier League season. Promises to be an exciting one, and we'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>